It's time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Wednesday, May 25th, 2016. We have eight vessels on today's Columbia River ship schedule. In our marine weather forecast, we have northwest winds 5 to 10 knots rising to 10 to 15 in the afternoon. And today we'll talk about a man overboard situation on a recreational sailboat and how it could have been handled better. But first, a look at our Columbia River ship schedule for the day. We have one inbounder, we have four in the Astoria Anchorage, and we have three outbounders heading downriver and out to sea, as I like to say. Our inbounder today is the Atlantic Hawk. She's arriving from South Korea, headed for Astoria's Anchorage. She's going to Kalama eventually to pick up corn, soy, or wheat, but she will arrive off the Astoria waterfront and drop her anchor around 5 p.m. today. In the Anchorage also, we have uh, the Vita Cosmos. She's headed for Longview today to pick up wheat. She's leaving around noon and uh, will probably arrive in Longview around 3.30 p.m. The Golden Ginger is awaiting orders in the Anchorage. Um, She is um, a bulk carrier. At the Port of Astoria, we have the Eva Bulker loading logs, and the Shandong Haiwang is headed for Kalama from the Anchorage today to pick up wheat. Leaving around 12.30 p.m., she could arrive in Kalama around 5.30 p.m. And in our outbounders, the Hoi Hao is leaving Vancouver. Uh, Her cargo was uh, uh, finished steel. She's leaving around 12.30 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 6.30 p.m. The Asian Beauty is leaving Longview carrying wheat at about 6 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 9.30 p.m. And the Auto Atlas, a car carrier there, leaving Portland with Hyundais on board, leaving around 6 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around midnight. And a little more about our marine weather forecast. We have wind waves from the northwest two feet high at about four seconds apart and northwest swells five feet high at about eight seconds and there is a chance of rain or drizzle in the morning. Well today I'd like to share a cautionary tale with you about safety on board boats and common sense which we know is not so common. I was reading a back issue of Sail magazine from last year and I was reading their monthly column in which sailors described some problem they've had at sea and how they solved it and analyzed it about what they could have done better. It's a kind of a learn from my mistakes column and I I really enjoy reading it and picking up tips on what to do and what not to do. This column was almost unbelievable in the lack of forethought and planning, but since what happened to these folks could conceivably happen to any of us, I thought I'd share it. But be forewarned, I'm on a bit of a rant here, and I'll try to control myself. I'm going to read you a part of this story. It's kind of a long one, so I'll just kind of uh, read you the important bits about what happened. Um, It was written by, uh, it was a couple on board a sailboat sailing way offshore in the Atlantic, um, She was at the helm, he was making repairs, and uh, he fell overboard. So this is from her perspective as the first mate on board this boat, only two of them on board. Having someone fall off your boat is a possibility, as we all know, but the situation is something the skipper takes care of, right? Well, what if it's the skipper who goes overboard? This was my harsh reality when I found myself in the middle of the Atlantic with no land in sight, in six to eight foot seas and 28 knots of wind, I was one very scared first mate. So I'll skip ahead a little bit in the story um, to when this incident happens. Um, On the fourth day of their journey, well out to sea, Eric discovered that our dinghy was hanging by a thread, or should I say a broken bolt, and it had to be fixed immediately or we would risk losing it off the davits. So he did what he always does, many difficult and dangerous moves performed underway, while I pray he doesn't get hurt or fall overboard. 
I was at the helm. We were doing seven to eight knots, and the seas were moderate compared to what they had been. Eric grabbed all the essentials needed to take care of the problem and began securing the dinghy with more lines. Every now and then, I would look back on deck at, to, at, at him as he dangled above the tender, tender is another word for the dinghy, tools hanging out of every pocket, but he seemed to have everything under control. In the back of my mind, I was thinking how much I really and truly hated when he does these things. Nonetheless, I resumed my watch, put my headphones on, and tried to enjoy the ride, until to my alarm and surprise, I suddenly heard him call out loudly and desperately, Debbie. So I'll I'll kind of paraphrase here. Um, She turns around and she sees her husband in the water overboard. So at this point, she's all alone on the boat. She knows a little bit about what to do, not as much as him, but she, she amazingly, incredibly manages to turn this boat around and go back and pick him up. And because their boat was a catamaran and had steps on the back, on the stern, he was able to climb back in the boat. Now, um, I, was compl- I have to say that I was, compl- as someone who has sailed offshore somewhat, around here, granted, where the water is very cold, I think they were down in the, in the um, waters off Florida somewhere. I was just pretty stunned at the husband's lack of concern about himself and his wife. I, I know we all think that we're invincible, and I've certainly done a lot of dumb stuff um, thinking that it'll be okay. And, and this got away with it, as these people, as you'll see, these folks actually had a, quite a happy ending here. But the risks were huge here, and I just want to explain what they were. In case you're ever on a boat thinking that you're going to do something dumb way offshore, let me just explain a little bit. Once this guy ended up in the water, untethered by a harness, no life jacket, with only one person on the boat to rescue him, his chances of getting back on that boat were just pretty darn slim. Keep in mind that a person's head is about the size of a grapefruit in the water, and even the Coast Guard has searched for hours for a person who is right there and hasn't found him maybe at all or hasn't found them in time to save their life. And no life jacket? Good grief. Rescue protocol, so so here nobody else is on the boat except this one person, and rescue protocol generally says that you have one person on your boat, keep their eyes on the overboard person at all times, because if you lose sight of them, you may never see them again, even if they're right under your nose. And headphones on while her husband is hanging off the stern? Anyway, I'm ranting. So here's what they should have done in an offshore situation where it would have been time-consuming to mount a Coast Guard rescue. Both of them could have been wearing life jackets and safety harnesses, which is a tether that hooks to, to a harness on your body. It's a line that hooks to the boat. And that if either of one of them had gone overboard, they would have had more of a fighting chance at getting back on the boat and being okay. He, as the skipper of the boat, should never have put his wife or anyone else in the position of having to go through all that to get him back on board. It could so easily have been prevented, and it could so easily have gone another way. As in this story I'll share with you right now, it reminds me of the story of a man who was sailing back to the West Coast from Hawaii on a a big sailboat with his fiancée a few years ago, and she was not a sailor at all. He went up on deck during the night, and fell overboard. And in the morning, she woke up to find that she was alone on a yacht hundreds of miles from shore with no idea what to do. The Coast Guard searched for five days and never found him. They took her off the boat and they left the boat out there, which could be still sailing around for all I know. The moral of the story, the water is beautiful and we all love it, but the dangers are very real. And it's not being a sissy to recognize that and to act accordingly by giving yourself all the possible advantages you can if something goes wrong. Because even if you plan everything really well, things can still go wrong. And at least if you plan ahead, 
The cards will be stacked in your favor. Okay, I'll stop ranting now. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. Thanks for listening. You can find a podcast of this program on my website at shipreport.net. And I hope you know that the reason why I'm ranting about this is that I want you to be safe out there and to come back to have many more adventures and enjoy the water. Have a great day. <laughs>